welcome to New Persuasive Words, a podcast of hope-seeking understanding. You're invited to listen in to an ongoing conversation about theology, culture, and politics between your co-hosts, Scott Jones and Bill Bohr. Regardless of topic, Bill and Scott offer intelligent insights and critiques, sometimes funny, occasionally contentious, but always remaining friends. Now, here are Scott and Bill. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 258. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. We're we're rolling along. We're rolling along. 258. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, Happy Lord's Day to everybody. Bob Mueller was spotted leaving church 500 feet across from the White House at the Yellow Portico, I think it's St. John's Episcopal Church, where Trump and Melania worshipped just last Sunday. Oh, do they go to church on a regular basis? She's Catholic. She's Roman Catholic. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know. I just know that I saw a report today that Mueller was spotted leaving church. Okay. And, well, you know, that's all I got. All right. Very nice. Very nice. So we're in, we're waiting. We're waiting for the uh, someone to get done reading the Mueller report. We're waiting for the report. And so I, I okay, well, I want to ask you, before we get into the Mueller report, I want to ask you a couple of things. All right. I'm just going to ask you standard DNC nominee questions. Right. Uh, Electoral college, yay or nay? Uh, I think it's out. Use its usefulness. Yeah, I'm. I'm ready for that to be gone. Yeah, I, I heard somewhere this week that James Madison wrote a letter at the end of his life saying we should either go back to what it was when we intended it, where the electors were basically like picking the president. Right. And you had everybody was like a faithless elector. Right. Like, you know right, that, that. Right. And he thought actually the way we're, it devolved to was actually more divisive. Right. Right. And that we should get rid of it or go back to the kind of elite democratic firewall firewall against the excesses of democracy that it, right. it was meant to be. Yeah. No, I, I think it has to be, I think it has to be eliminated as a corrective to the shift to populations because right now the con- uh, a house of representatives vote from say North Dakota should not be worth more than one from, from New York or California. So I, I do think the fact that, um, you know, you, you, we're not going to change two senators. You know, we're not going to change that part of the Constitution. But I do think when you've had two presidents in the last, what, three elections? Two of the last three elections, yeah. you've had presidents not who did not get the majority of the popular vote become president. Yeah, so that could be considered a problem. I think it is a problem. <laughs> Particularly, it, it wasn't that, oh, the Electoral College, that's, that's Trump the... Uh, bad thinking of the people and give us some, give us a better candidate. It, it didn't, you could, I would argue that uh, neither of the folks that the Electoral College uh, selected uh, based on the voting of their states was a upgrade from the person who got the... And Trump was against the Electoral College before he was for it. Yes, right, right. Well, one should not necessarily, uh, if you're going to follow the consistency and inconsistency of Donald Trump, then that's going to be a long, long date. Okay, so we have... I'm I'm, I'm ready for the Electoral College to be eliminated, yes. Yeah, I think so, too. I also think it actually would have the effect of greater democratic... It would have... I think it would be more democratic in the sense of you would see people go to places that they might not be incentivized to go because you get, right. a, you get a lot of votes different places. And if you have winner take all in the state, yeah. it doesn't make sense to ca- – there's basically everybody campaigns in a handful of states, right? right? So like, I think you're right. It, it generally – yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean it would disincentivize if I were like a 
Commonwealth partisan, I would want to keep it because right. Pennsylvania is one of those places where you get a lot of right. promises and attention. But it, I mean, I think it would it would put in play lots of different places. Yeah, no. Like like I, I actually think it would make. I think a lot of states, like for, for instance, hard blue and hard red, would get less taken for granted, right? Because right. there'd be incentive to actually go there, right? And, to get more to get more votes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay, so like, are you a capitalist? Uh, not a very good one. Okay, by not a very good one meaning you haven't made a lot of money. Or you're not that enthusiastic about both. It. both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm either support it or I'm very good at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. That's no, I, I think uh, no. I would have a uh, modified, much more modified cap. I would do something like some of the European countries have done. Okay. Uh, then uh, green New Deal. Oh, uh, I don't like I don't like gimmicks. I think there's some real things. Yeah, and you've eaten full gras in the past month. Yes, I have. <laughs> you would be, you would be, uh, you would be strung up. Yeah. You, you would be at a Maoist like reorientation center. I, I mean, I think first of all, let's just get you know the carbon. Let's get the carbon down. You know, let's let's start uh, before we're going to try to change everyone's habits. That's uh, you know, let's get back to some of the um, common sense laws that we had uh, two and a half years ago. <laughs> Get back to those EPA standards. Yeah. Should, should Beto O'Rourke have apologized for the comment he said about his wife raised doing most of the child? No, he's, he's just being stupid. By the way, also the tweet you sent me, I think that rabbi, she's just way out of the line. Donya's a friend. I like Donya. I thought. Well, she she she's she's the one giving Pharisees a bad name. I, I think that it is a. And you know, I'm I'm. Uh, this was a, a friend of mine, Donya Ruttenberg, who on Twitter was critiquing. Uh, Buddha judge. Yeah, Buddha judge. Buddha judge. I said yeah, that right. Yeah, and for his religious speech, which I thought actually was pretty well done. <laughs> it was very well done. She's like, it's not inclusive enough. And uh, how's she your her, friend? Uh, I've had her on you had her, podcast. You, you I got to know her over a couple past couple of years. Okay. Uh, well, how's her book? How are her books? Good. She's a good writer. So her, her books are less shrill than her treats. Uh, Danya is 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 an animated tweeter. Yeah, well, she's animated on Twitter, and I, I think that this is—it's interesting because I think the left is becoming the, the party of purity and piety, and yeah, and, and, and so it yeah. will be. It, this is so when you're trying to build a coalition, it probably helps to try to not be ridiculous in your tweets. Well, and also to try to not be so to parse things out, to try to parse things out generously, mm -hmm. because you're already, especially if you're going to have a religious left, yeah, you already have the minority, so it's not. It's not like. Yeah, it's interesting what the religious right does and the kind of accommodations it makes, even even for people that are impious, who who sort of who they see as is furthering their interests. And so, I don't mean we sh people should lose integrity. I, I just think that if you want to have a movement that furthers what you think are viable and salient, salutary political ends, you probably ought to try to not eat your young. Yeah, not be so sure. Not shoot your wounded. I, the, the, the thing about it is, too, that particularly given the dangerous increase of anti-Semitism both on the left and the right throughout the world, in this country as well, to be shooting at him, calling him anti-Semitic because of him using a very common, you know, gen generic use of the word Pharisee. And again, you know me, I'm, I'm new Paul, which actually is the old Paul. <laughs> you're so many Pauls. You're, you're like, <laughs> but I, I just, you're I Paul cubed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you had, uh, if you showed me a tweet on a Monday afternoon when I was relaxed, but, uh, I found it, uh, all right. All right. I found it 
Uh, is she an intellectual or a pseudo intellectual? Yeah, no, no, Donnie, no, Donnie's very bright. Well, then she should act brighter when she tweets. All right, all right. I hope she's listening. There, there <laughs> fired up. I'm fired up. I'm I fired like, up. I like that. Okay, so now on to the the hot dish item news item of the day, which I'm, I'm just checking to see if it's if it's. Boy, we're doing this. We're our. Uh, this is it could be breaking. Bill Maher was like, all right. And already I heard on, wait, I heard on MSNBC, breaking speculation. <laughs> breaking speculation. <laughs> I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question. Do you like this podcast? Do you enjoy it? Do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning, afternoon, evening routine or while you're exercising or while you're caught frustrated in traffic? Do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here? If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month or more? It's for a good cause. You can help this podcast and one of the many others I do keep going. And you can help launch several other podcasts, projects I've got in the works. So I invite you to be a patron through Patreon of this, which I think is an art form you're enjoying and will continue to enjoy. Again, any contribution is welcome, but for five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call, which begins right now. Thank you, David Babico, Andrew Stravitz, Barry Stewart, Ben Crosby, Ben DeHart, Carol Clemens, Charlotte Donlan, David Norling, David Zoll, Ellis Brazil, Jennifer Spite, Jennifer Underwood, Jim Cress, Joel Wentz, John Schneider, Jonathan Butran, Jordan Mossberger, Josh Redder, Kai Wittenpeg, Larry Rule, Liam O'Brien, Michael Butera, Peter Steigerwald, Samantha Konauer, Sari Graham, Simone Garabedian, Stephen Rowe, and Jody Stevenson. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the show. Still, still the lead story on Drudge Reporters. Mueller goes to church next to the White House. <laughs> Finding, oh, Sunday summary release, 4 p.m. There we go. So this will be released in a mere 40 minutes. Well, that's hilarious, too. The other thing is, I get so tired of breaking news. Uh, <laughs> it might, something might happen. Right, right, right. It, that's not breaking news. It, it is, that is Bill Maher's breaking speculation. We have a panel of experts who are going to speculate right now. And then I've, you know, supposedly I get that new app, the one that's supposed to be non-biased that goes from all kinds of Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I have one flash up news for you and say, and then the play was the Mueller report might be available. I'm, I'm, we need a new definition of what urgent is. Well, I think that also, like, I do think the, his NFL report i read the one where he was doing the domestic abuse for the player that was right. alleged there was no convicted assault right, right. In, the, right. in the elevator and it was he was a client of the nfl so it was in private practice and they hired him to investigate them those rights right the right yeah for, and it was for the, it for was the over a hundred pages or something i was reading like and this was on one specific incident uh yeah. Yeah. so i mean i'm assuming this is a lengthy report yeah uh, thorough, thorough would be his word. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. now I've heard that just the Attorney General Barr, William Barr, has has kept, which I think is, is probably smart, has kept the team that is doing the summary small. Right. Well, so how would you? I mean, each each people are taking like you know, eighty page and then editing and then collating and die. I mean, right. I, like, and, you, and you, you may you don't really necessarily want to speed read it because you don't want to miss something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, it's just I don't know. I mean. In part, uh, I, I, it's it's uh, it's hard. 
Well, there's nothing, there's not been anything quite like what's gone on for the last two and a half years, uh, the Trump administration. But, uh, you know, I, I do think this kind of Robert Mueller is taking on this mythical, has <laughs> become this mythical person in this whole yeah. thing was, I think part of the, the way people have managed anxiety around the Trump administration is, you know, first of all, Mueller will make it all Mueller okay. Mueller will make it all okay. And he, you know, he's, and after this, he's curing cancer. He's such a, well, he's a, he's such a living contrast to the president. So it becomes more and more, you know, the romanticized of it. And then I like a couple of the guys that worked with him that show up on some of the pundit shows, but oh my gosh, it's like, it'll all be all right. <laughs> yeah, it'll all be. Yes, this is what I, I'm curious. I mean, on one level, right? Like, it's funny because you have Democrats saying to Republicans, well, you all said it. it's a witch hunt, it's a witch hunt, it's a witch hunt. So there are 37 witches now yeah, that right. have been indicted. Now, then if Trump, if, if Trump is exonerated of any charges, then are the Republicans all going to say, okay, Mueller was a good guy. We were too harsh. Well, probably not, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's interesting. You already heard how uh, Huckabee, uh, how she, you know, she said we're excited that the report yeah, was yeah, yeah. But then it's also, in the Democrats, if Trump is exonerated, are the Democrats going to say, well, see, we knew Mueller was a guy we can trust, and this is what Mueller came out with, and we can... <laughs> well, you know, I... <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. It's like, it's, it's like the, the, the anxiety... Not right. just on the Trump administration, now in this moment, like the, the uncertainty thing. I, I just listened to this amazing episode of Invisibilia, uh, uh, just one of the best podcasts made, but it was on uncertainty. They, they started off with this story about this FBI negotiator and how, it, what a weird thing about how much you have to be able to tolerate uncertainty to be in that role. And they told this amazing story how it played out. And then they had this weatherman who's like statewide famous in Birmingham and, and, really a serious weather guy and and he couldn't handle the fact that so many people died in this one tornado and they thought they got everything right and right and it crushed him and right. it, it really changed how he dealt with ambiguity uh and even gives talks to high school students on uncertainty and, and the importance of you know knowing when you're wrong and all that stuff and it was just pretty amazing and they did this study they said this guy the psychologist they interviewed did a study where they had people read one group of people read like a really complex angsty, uncertain Kafka short story. And then the other... <laughs> that, that would be all redundant. Right, exactly, right. <laughs> and then, and then the, the control, the other group read something like like a basic, like a, something as simple Aesop's fables, right? And everybody, after they were tested, all the people that read the Kafka thing, when they responded, they were more nationalistic, more reactive yeah. than the people that, wherever they started yeah. on the boundary, they moved more towards this nationalistic kind of strident position just because they had been exposed to something that left them ambivalent and uncertain right so i'm just thinking is this report going to be like yet another like toxic thing for the country because it, it very well could leave people complete like it, it could leave everybody completely with, with no sense of closure everything open-ended nobody happy nobody having resolution which probably, I think it's a good chance that's going to happen just because that was probably, his job was pretty narrow. I mean, yeah. and the stuff, you know, I think now there's a lot of stuff going on because he discovered it and he stayed in his lane and that's why you have all these other indictments going on. There's plenty of material for people who want there to be justice pursued. But I, I think it's probably, it is an interesting thing in all this time of uncertainty and also the failure of Congress to do its job. Uh, so I think there's been this sense where this extra government, well, it's not really extra government, it's a function of the Justice Department, but 
because we can't do things orderly, because the government can't function, because we have a dysfunctional executive uh, branch and we have a spineless Senate, at least, uh, it, it's an, it, I think it's funny. I think the thing that's not good for democracy is there was a lot of hope put in something that is actually to be it's, – it's not something to – to fix problems, it's an it's an extraordinary, an extra, or you know, extra bureaucratic, or whatever the right word for it is, uh, something that had to be added on when things are out of order. So that's, I think, where our hope for it to fix everything could very well be disappointed. So should should one hope, for the sake of the country, regardless of party, that the president isn't implicated in any collusion? Yes, right. I, yes, I mean, absolutely. I think everybody should hope that. Absolutely. Right? I you know, I hope it was just incompetency. And greed. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, we know the we know both those things exist. So I, I would be, yeah, I would. I hope he did not collude with the Russians. Yeah, I mean, it could just be, yeah, a, a, a lot of people that are well, look, that, they're look, less than scrupulous yeah, at the look, top. Look at the people he trusts the most. Case in point, I mean, what's his son-in-law is using a WhatsApp app to communicate with world leaders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got what's. I, I mean, it boggles the mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, yeah. So I think that okay. So we we agree that yes, people should be. He and not he and Netanyahu are Facebook friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Netanyahu might be texting Jared on WhatsApp. I think yeah, yeah. It would be nice if maybe Netanyahu and the president could kind of have a joining cell. It was so interesting. Like, <laughs> like Jared had all these problems with the 666 building. First off, do you really want the 666 building? But There's it, something just beautifully ironic. Yeah. All these Christians defending a greedy Orthodox Jewish man who owns a 666 guy <laughs> whose father-in-law is like a... This, like, you know, they didn't love Trump. Jared Kushner would be the chief candidate for the Antichrist right now. I mean, here's the thing that, that interests me. Like, is he from the tribe? Two of Dan? guys have, who allegedly have all this money seem to just lose so much of it in real estate. Well, real, 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 real estate is organized gambling. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I've known some people that were pretty major real estate, you know, people uh, here in the East Coast, and it is a very precarious kind. It's, you know, it's all based on you know what's the, what the market is. So sometimes, if they're in the right place, they have this property and they have these buildings. Then they are making money heading, you know, you know, hand over foot. But then, uh, if you suddenly, for whatever reason, uh, you know, isn't Scott it, Paper shuts down. Isn't Manhattan like always the right place? <laughs> well, you think so? <laughs> like, you think you? Yeah, that, that's true. But yeah, you don't. You don't think you have a lot of empty buildings in, I mean, it's, in, in Midtown like, Manhattan, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like so. Yeah, I mean, that just. Yeah, that I don't just, know. I, no, I mean that probably of all the things, the, the biggest myth. And there are so many, but the fact that he that Donald Trump was a good business person, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just any of anyone who's lived in the East Coast for the last, and for the mostly for most of the last thirty years, I've been in the New York Philadelphia corridor. Oh my gosh, the stories and just the reality of what he's done. I mean, and what, that when that New York Times piece, the really long one about his financial. I mean, he basically yeah. did a fire sale when his dad was like, yeah, kind of. I mean, like, I guess when he, when he died or when he was really failing, right? or I think it was before or after he died, but basically got control of everything and just did a fire sale to cover his own losses. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it, his dad, who really was built the Trump empire, I mean, Trump sold it all away. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Um, but I think getting back to the Mueller report, um, it, it kind of gets, there. there probably, there aren't really real shortcuts 
in life. Now, maybe you're looking at uh, someone who gets into Harvard because their father makes a big donation. Did you see Dr. Dre tweeted out Jared Kushner. Or, on Instagram? He said, uh, my wife, uh, or my daughter got into USC and I didn't do any jail time. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted back, congrats, Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah, I, that's still, I have read someone, if you go spend $400,000, why would you go for Why would you go for USC? USC exactly. <laughs> Which is a good school. Don't get me wrong. No, but I'd go for Stanford or Berkeley. I think yeah. before if I was out there. But yeah, so I do think it's an we. You know, and we as human beings do this all the time. You know, there, you know, life is full of uncertainty. Whether you're waiting for a test result or whether you know, every time if you have kids that are drivers, every time your kids go out. I mean, so we do a lot of things to you know manage those uncertainties. I mean, we couldn't think about them all the time. Um, but it's funny what we do in terms of projection, uh, where we put our hope. And, uh, you know, I think that's why human beings spend a lot of time being disappointed because we put our hope in wrong places. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that this is probably, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I would guess we're in more of a, we're in for more of a season, a cultural season where there'll be more of this, more uncertainty, more anxiety. And also, I mean, I think that, you know, the tribalism contributes, right? Because you, you all have your own, it's not, at least you don't have, you at least don't have the comfort of a shared uncertain anxiety. <laughs> right. So yeah, well, you have to, you, you play those against off, uh, off one another. And so that's kind of, you know, it, it seems like we're headed for more toxicity. Yeah. So for instance, if we have a a person of faith who has similar values that we do. They may not agree with everything and they may not get it. They're not going to get everything right, but maybe we want to be a little more generous with them. What did Reagan say? If somebody agrees, agrees with me 85% of the time and disagrees with me 15%, they're a friend. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably a very good friend. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that's, you know, either that or someone who's not telling you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but sometimes that's what a friend does. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll, I'm sure we will be and doing we, and to, uh, Bill and I will, uh, you know, we, we will. We'll, we'll, Bill and I are probably talking an hour and a half after we had all, all the breaking speculation after right. the. And and our, I'm sure our next podcast will, will talk about what we do know then. Exactly. Okay. Enjoy your Sundays. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. Hey, listeners! Thanks for joining us for today's episode of New Persuasive Words. Hope you enjoyed Scott and Bill's conversation, and will join us back here next time. Until then, thanks for listening, and God bless. <laughs>